Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We're here for a dot five, if we still call it that episode. Coming at you with a recap of last week's card, UFC 267, a phenomenal one if you got up. I know the boys on the panel were boozing heavy for it, which is the American spirit. And then we're also going to do set the spread for, believe it or not, another pay-per-view card coming up this weekend. UFC 268 Usman Covington 2, which I'm excited to for the regular episode Wednesday because I, I just know Danny and I are about to break down on one of the better cards of, of our lifetime. Even though last card, honestly, was better, 267, I think. It was the, loaded with talent. Yeah, the top two fights on this card, in my opinion, are more exciting. So, last week, this week, yeah. next week, we were in a fucking prime stretch of UFC. No, I, the other thing, too, is I'm used to or conditioned that when a UFC pay-per-view card happens, either the week before there's no card, the week after there's no card, or altogether, both. There's no card before or after. We're so spoiled that not only are we getting 267, then the following week, 268, but there's no break after that. Right after that, we have another Holloway card. Yair. Holloway Yair. And then another one. Which is right loaded. After that. Right, loaded card. So I think excite, exciting is kind of an understatement in all honesty. It really does forward. feel like we've turned the corner from that snooze of, of a month oh. of October. I mean, welcome, welcome November with open arms and yeah, geez, it's just going to be banger after banger, a fight card one out of the yeah. other. I'm so excited. Lord knows we've earned it. Honestly, that was some, that was some tough endurance that we had to go through with fucking, except we, we like Marina Rodriguez. Yeah. We like, oh, oh, that actually was a great card. That's the best card of my entire life. Was thinking about getting a painting done, like the painting behind me. You'll all see it eventually (laughs) when we go to video, but of the parlay, a a long thing with a a piece of each leg going through it. That makes a whole photo, but that's a story for another time. Okay. Let's get into recap. From last week's 267, and I've already picked a starting point, and we will move on from there. And I want Kobe to get involved early with the bonuses, so I'm almost 100% sure I'm drilling one here. Let's talk about Hamzat, Chemaev. Performance of the night. Performance of the night, shocker. And the flag has come out on Danny's screen. Let's talk about it because two things. One, and this is probably the most important part, he's had one total significant strike landed against him in all four of his UFC appearances. I mean, that's worth repeating. Yes. He in, in four UFC fights, he has been hit with one total significant strike. Habib in his first four, 54 strikes. Izzy in his first four, 115 strikes. Connor in his first four, 54 strikes. It's like a pitcher showing up on a triple a and throwing a perfect game without any balls. Four days in a row. <laughs> it's crazy. It's literally remarkable. And so 
the question is, I mean, I think that another side bit story, I think, Danny, you sent this in the group or somewhat Kobe did, but Hamzat has passed Kamaru Usman in Instagram followers. I mean, this guy's the hype is be, real. The hype is real. This man's going to be an absolute star. And I, the only knock I have is that I don't know if we've still seen enough of him yet to see where he needs work. I mean, we've what, what his total octagon time has been a fucking three minutes max. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. It's hard to really find holes, but it's hard to game plan against a guy where you don't know if he has any holes. Uh, I think it's at this point, it's working in his favor that people don't really know what to make a read on or even know any positions where he's feeling any like sort of resistance. It feels like it's just warm knife through butter every single time he gets up in there. The other thing too, is he's so long. And I know that there's the stuff going around the internet right now about him holding the towel to make weight, but we're looking at a guy that in all honesty could, could grab 85 as well. Yeah, I mean, two of his four fights yeah. are at 85. Right, it, that's what I'm it, saying. He's he's a tweener that... And he's got is, a wrestling match scheduled with Jack Hermanson in two weeks from now. Yeah, is, is that a, at 85 or is that at 205? I they, think they it's going to be at big. 85. Okay. But Crazy. I think that'll be a really good litmus test as to, like, if he is ragdolling one of the better grapplers, in my opinion, at 185. Yeah. I'm fearful for guys like Colby no, and Kamaru as much as respect sure. as I have for them. And as, as much as unbelievable so, gas tanks and grapplers as those two guys are, if he can, whatever. I mean, yeah, what I, we'll get to that, but that's the thing is it's like, I mean, he, he just ran through Lee G Liang here. And the other thing too, is like he was in the octagon this weekend for a couple minutes, but that was his own doing. I mean, he, he lifted him in the air, talked to Dana, put him on the ground, continued to talk to Dana. I think he even talked to Hasbula and then finished it. It's just crazy. So we haven't seen the rankings update yet. Leach is still number 11 right now. Welter. Are you sure it's not next? up? Even, are you sure it's not up? Even though it's Monday, usually they come Monday. Usually yeah, it's not, but I'm, I'm I was surprised as well. Yet. I was surprised as well because it, it's got Jan as a light heavyweight champ. Is, they they got to get on um, the game. So they're just slow. On Either it. way, yeah. so you know that Hamzat's jumping to at least eleven where Leach was. So ahead right. of him, who's next? Who, who's next for well, Hamzat at a welterweight? That's the other problem. Magny's talking a lot. I mean, I don't yeah, think that I isn't want Magny to see booked with. Uh, isn't Magny booked with or close to booked with Burns? I don't know. He's talking That'd a lot about the Hamzat fight, um, okay. and I think that it, it's worth it's worth it to say that Magny was one of the few people that was game last year before yeah. even GM three got uh, the Hamzat fight. Magny was like, "Oh fuck yeah, this guy thinks he's like all this and that. Like I'll take him." And I do think that there's something to be said for him getting that reward, even though the tables have turned and it's no longer I'm the ranked fighter doing the new guy a favor. It's He's got the most hype in the entire fucking sport right. doing me the favor now. I do think that there's something being said for right and whatever. I would be remiss if I didn't add it because this is honestly a, a pretty decent transition to another guy on the card. I feel like Hamzad is in that is in that Islam Makachev area where Islam couldn't get a fight booked. I mean, if it wasn't for Dan Hooker being such a gamer, Islam's mm-hmm. just inactive. He's on the shelf. No one wants to fight him. And so I look at the rankings at, at 170, and it's like, is Kamaru really going to risk his strap for a ranked 11 fighter? No. And then all the other guys, Gilbert, Leon, Vicente, like these guys are on the fringe as is. I mean, I think Steven Chiesa, Thompson's a gamer. 
Kies, Steven Thompson is a fucking gamer. I, I think Kies would be a cool fight for him. I think that's worth it to mention, Kobe. There's a lot of gamers at 170. I think that Gilbert, Vicente, Luque are, I mean, Wonderboy, Chiesa are all guys that don't say no to fights, really. They're, they're kind of game. Which is, yeah, which is nice because you look at a, a, a stacked division in lightweight and everyone was running and I don't blame them. I mean, I, look what it, okay, let's, let's talk about it now. And I'm assuming Kobe's going to chime in again here for another performance bonus, but look at what Islam did to Dan Hooker. Actually not talk about warm, not warm uh, night through butter. Islam got stiff 50 K, but it also just shows what type of night we had or day crazy. So wait, what Islam wasn't, he didn't get anything. Islam, nothing. Fight of the night, Piotr Corey. Yeah. Hamzat. Yep. Bonus. Okay, and then one more bonus on the card. But but let's. I'm gonna go with the flying knee, Leron. Nope. Wow. Nope, also a stiff. stiff. Hold on, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. I wanna. I before we get there, I really want to get to talk about Islam quickly. Yes. Islam. We can make it as quick as his fight. Is yeah. And, and it's quick as this fight against a guy like Dan Hooker. That's what's so crazy to me is, Dan, I know you had a unit at least on Islam in the distance and got a good line on that there. Islam's not necessarily known as a finisher in his UFC career. A lot of unanimous decisions. Congrats on the hit. What what gave you the tip, you know? Yeah, what, what that, that was just one of those premonitions. I, I woke up that morning and I was like, Dan's going to turn his back when he gets frustrated at least. And, and obviously it didn't work out like that. It was much easier for Islam to just grab that arm and then crank his shoulder off his back. But um, And Dan, and then another thing quick, Hooker man, complaining about the stoppage. Islam's like, well, yo, I'm going to He was fucking... screaming though. He, he was, No, I know. He, and he Islam complained was after, but <laughs> Dan was did not sound like he was just someone that was able to continue fighting. Kobe no. and I both commented, was, was that him screaming there? Like he, he, Islam <laughs> turned and is like, yo, if I go any farther, I'm taking this uh, arm home with yeah. me. <laughs> crazy. And it just shows then the, the just absolute crazy talent in these two young prospects here. And Danny brought it up on last week's pod or the main breakdown that outside of the title bouts, you're looking at like four or five potential future champions. I mean, you got Hamza Chemaev, Islam Makachev, Corey Sandhagen probably could will, will hold a strap one day. Magomed Ankalaev. Shout out to Albert Durev. Amanda Hebas, Al, Albert Durev. I mean, you're looking at like serious, serious. Lerone Murphy undefeated 11 and 0 and took out Mach 1 after a tough start. But so, okay, so I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about the title bouts. Kobe, either one of the title bouts have a perform- one of the performance bonuses or the last performance bonus. Okay. Piotr oh, Jan. The night was Jan or, Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the, the last performance bonus that's not there yet, is that either of these? It is? Yep. Clover? Yep. The old man. Clover, Clover. Yeah, well-deserved. Okay, so let's talk about the co-main first. Piotr Jan, Corey Sandhagen, well-deserved fight of the night. Piotr Jan, absolutely put it on him, work the body hard. His high guard is what differentiates him from a lot of people where I know some of the reasons why people were worried about betting him was his recklessness, but you got to remember, he keeps that closed guard so high. But there's layers to it too. It's not just that he's shelling up. It's He's baiting you to throw these punches that are landing all on the forearm and all on the gloves. 
so that he can return with that power to the body and with those ferocious hooks. It, it, it's it's such a systematic art to watch. It's so cool. He's an awesome fighter. It's awesome. You're looking at Piotr Jan, and he dismantled the champion. I did air quotes. Aljo Sterling. He beat Corey Sandhagen pretty decisively, in my opinion. He's demolished yep. Jose Aldo. You watch guys like Marab get tagged against a guy like Marlon. I mean, I don't see this strap going anywhere anytime soon. There's just so many layers, and Piotr is so fucking dominant. I agree with you, and it's shocking. I mean, Bantamweight is such a deep division, and even if you go past that top 15, there are guys unranked that are just it's crazy. ridiculously, ridiculously talented, and I still don't know if there's if there's anyone in the world that I would at this point put it put less than a minus like three fifty favor. I know makers definitely learned their lesson with that two twenty gift they gave us. Were you? you I'm assuming you were on that side. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. I hammered that gift, and I also want to shout out one of my buddies. I believe he listens. His name's Kevin. Good friend. He hit a massive parlay, and the last leg was Piotr, which is exciting. Sidebar, talk about last legs. My parlay got busted on uh, Jan Blahovich Glover Teixeira. As did mine. Yep. And probably Manny's. And the first thing I want to bring up is what happened because not only did Blahovich like rapid tap when it wasn't under the chin. I know the broadcast team was suspecting an injury, but it seemed like little to no resistance. Jan didn't look like the Jan that we got against Izzy. Yeah, he left that's, his Polish power in the locker room. It was that's weird. What he said. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. And at 38 years old, the question I want to pose to you two is, does, does, does he ever get his strap back? I mean, it's confirmed that Glover as the champion, his first title defense is going to be against Yuri Pohashka. I... Then you got... Hungry guys like Rakic who might face Jan next or something. But Ankalaev, who's on this card and is making moves up, Ankalaev beats uh, Volkan Ozdemir, unanimous decision, pretty dominantly as well. And I hold a ton of respect in Volkan's name. So does Jan climb back? I don't think it's going to be as steep of a climb as the first time. Uh, I, I think that he, if he if he strings two in a row together, he'll be back. Uh, but holding, but then but then the question is, can he string two in a row together? I mean, you're looking at a guy like Alexander Rakic, Yuri Prohashka, uh, Magomed Ankalaev. I wouldn't say it's guaranteed at all. You're, I mean, these yeah. guys are killers. But Jimmy Crute's working his way up. I mean, we're staring at a 43 year old Glover Teixeira holding gold. True, not, anything's possible. I, I'm honestly. pretty confident that Jan is going to be back in the octagon, fighting for it in in the next five years. Um, whether or not he comes out victorious on that night or whoever he's facing, that's up. Which, Who knows? But which I, I think just we'll get, take, I, I know we'll get another shot. I'm pretty confident and, there. And I do want to take a second to just correct, uh, celebrate Glover Teixeira here because you're looking at the second oldest UFC champion ever. I think he's behind Randy Couture. I was like 99% sure it's Randy Couture. I, ha- I didn't look it up. But 43 years old, a 20-year dream in the making. I I epitomizes making martial arts your life and just a good good dude too a guy that you want to celebrate major poha for him major poha for him i couldn't say it better myself i lost my parlay and i actually wasn't sad or angry or anything i just was like congrats glover like what a good Mm -hmm. guy 
So we, we talked about the title fights. We talked about Islam. We talked about Hamza. We, we briefly touched on Magomed unanimous decision. Pretty dominant though. I want to mention a couple other things. Um, Volkov didn't look himself, Dan. And at minus no, he looks slow. Yeah, he looked slow. And at minus three thirty, it was one of the legs of my parlay. I got out unscathed, but I, I don't know if I make that a notch to wow, Tibera looks good, or a notch that like, man, is Volkov ever going to really contend at heavyweight if he's looking like that? Yeah, that that version of Volkov really surprised me. I mean. In his past two fights before this, he looked so much sharper, so much faster, especially with the combinations. Um, he was one of my multiple unit plays, which ended up hitting, luckily enough. But during those 15 minutes, I wasn't feeling super comfortable about it. I wasn't feeling like it was the fight that I expected when I handicapped it, which was yeah. really concerning. At um, the end of the second round, he was a live bet 50-50. It was minus 110 each way. I really think he's got to do some work with um, a nutritionist and whatnot. I know mm, that he had yeah. previously done stuff to get to build to bulk up and, and really put on that heavyweight frame. And I think he weighed in at like 263, like kind of tipping the heavyweight limit there. I think right. he's kind of got to reel it back a little bit. And, and a lot of that was we saw that hurt Derek Lewis, but a lot of that they mentioned on the broadcast as well, where look, his climb is going to face a lot of wrestlers. I mean, you for, not a lot of wrestlers, but he was. When he got ragdolled by blades, they said he put on a lot of leg weight um, and it helped him in the gone fight. But yeah, I think he needs to find a middle ground. If he wants to contend, which I believe he does, this version of himself ain't going to cut it. No, this was one of the worst versions of him that we've seen in I think a couple maybe, of years. Yeah, I think maybe the worst, to be honest with you, but... Still a lot of talent there and needs to be said that he's, I believe he's, st- he did stuff every single takedown. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. He's just so, what long. was it? 20 of them? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, seven, yeah. Something crazy. For as bad as he looked, it, right. he was dominant it over Tyra, who was not, not, a, not anyone to really look Yeah. He's not fast. a bum or a slouch. Okay. Um, we got to go yeah. through a couple quick ones here. Andre Petrovsky beats three and three pink slipped Yao Zhang Hu. Dan. What'd you see there? I think it was more Yao Zung who just isn't meant yeah. to be here. And, yeah. and that Petrovsky's the future fade. He, I mean, he faded yeah. as the fight went on gas tank problems. Yeah, are sure. Who was just pink slip gone. Should yeah. not really be who, been competing here. The big question mark that we brought up on the pod when talking about who was, how is he going to look in the two years off? I mean, 23 to 25, he can be like clay, a lot of molding, but I just, he looked huge. Like he was way taller. I mean, he could, I could see why he fought at heavyweight at one point and light heavyweight. He's a huge guy, but I don't think we see him back here until he's 29. No. I mean, he has a lot of, he work. was so slow. Yeah. He, he looks like he had really never slow. been on his back before. Yeah. It, it was, this was shocking. I, I don't yeah. hate the spot still with just like a quick, small unit play, but. And, and I'm and I will be taking no, spots I, against Petrosky in yeah, the future. Yeah, I was about to say I I but stand man, by was your I point. disappointed I by the way that who fought for my money. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. Yeah, as you should have been. No, I stand by your play 100. percent I think it's I think it was a great value proposition, and even into the fight, I was thinking it was a great value proposition. I just it just didn't happen. Okay, mm-hmm. Lerone Murphy mock one Akani. Akani, I rode Lerone Murphy live after the first round at even but he did not he dropped that first round undoubtedly oh yeah oh yeah but the he, fact that this man isn't performance of the night holy shit that was a knee from hell 
took 10 minutes to get Maquan breathing again. We were watching Kobe's backyard, and I think I took like four laps around the tree, just running like, ooh, baby, that was fun. And so Lerone Murphy advances undefeated. Maquan is a guy that is slowly forming into a gatekeeper because he dominates a lot of guys trying to make it to the UFC and keeps falling against the upper echelon of, of talent. But you can see why. I mean, he dominated that first round, and Lerone yeah. Murphy is someone we consider it in that upper echelon of talent. Yeah. Just proved it with that second round. But I And I think that if the knee doesn't land and Maquan secures that takedown, who knows? It could it could have gone to decision because there was a wrestling gap and it was clear. Okay, so well, Michelle Oleziacek, KOTKO uppercut against Shamil Gamzatov, giving Shamil Gamzatov his first loss. Dan, you tipped me to this one. I wanted Gamzatov. I thought Gamzatov was value minus one thirty. You said no, 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 lay off that one. What did you see that I clearly missed? Because it, it went it went the way. I mean. Olsia checks a guy you talk about that should be at 185. Gamzatov, I think you could also make a claim for, but great performance. Just knocked him cold. Yeah, it was it was a little bit of a speed difference, and, and you get that when you, you've got a guy that's undersized. That's really yeah. the only advantage you can lean on. Um, and, yeah, he, he found that button. It was a great uppercut. Yeah, phenomenal. Okay, last two fights. I'm going to talk about one first and then move to the other. Um Oh, there's fun, man. All these fights are so good. Albert Duryev, Roman Kopilov. We talked about it. A lot of people were like, wow, unbelievable fight. Duryev looked amazing. And, and we kind of mentioned, yeah, he looked great. It was clear to, to, to victory, but we talked about a couple issues and, and I want it to be noted defensive striking. We talked about, um, and what was the other one? I can't remember now, but I think right, as good as Duryev looked, yeah. I went, I took away from it more so that, Kopilov impressed me more. Obviously, Derive mm. was the better fighter in there, and and but but Kopilov really showed that some a lot of impro- improvements from what I've seen in the past. Just yeah, being a I quick under- twitch striker and and oh, there's gas layers tank. in that game. That was the other one, gas tank. I was I was underwhelmed by Derev. I expected a ton going in, and that eye swelled up. Definitely broken or fractured orbital. Kopilov mm-hmm. got was on a bad end too. His nose was pouring, but I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think Roman looked really good. Duryev. Yeah, not to take anything away from Albert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe maybe I'm being too harsh. Okay. But Roman impressed me. One more before I talk about one last highlight of the night and we move on. Uh, Amanda Hebus beat your girl, Jana Hoba. Um, looked phenomenal, though. Mm-hmm. Holy Dropped shit. the first round. Yeah. And, and then, then came and then out, came back, and just was the was the better all around fighter. It what really I noticed was like a Jack. clear, clear striking advantage on the feet going into round two and three. And when she drops a a fight, or I think yeah, when she loses to Marina Rodriguez mm-hmm. in Brutally. the fashion she lost to Marina Rodriguez, I was very impressed to see her striking continue to come along because you are you always know the jits will be a nod towards Hebas for the most part. I mean, maybe a disadvantage against Dern, who she beat, but like. I, I said on last week's episode on paper that the, the nod was Janji Hoba, but it, there, it is elite company. I'm not, sure. dis, I'm elite not disagreeing with your statement. Yeah, yeah, elite company. Elite company. Is, right. But her striking's really coming along, and that proved to be the difference to notch that second and third round. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyways, really and definitely the best striking of those three women, which elite company, for sure. as we keep Undoubtably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Undoubtedly. And so that's just a interesting title picture. 
especially with the title fight happening this weekend, Rose, Whaley, Zhang. Hebus is probably one fight out for maybe challenging there. So someone to look at. Okay, last thing I want to talk about, and then we'll just send it our way onto the, this next week's card. The Zaleski v. St. Denis fight. St. Denis. The ref actually got pulled off the card. He had one more fight. He had the Magomed Ankalaev fight. Pulled off the card for the judging, and a lot of people say it was one of the worst no stoppages they've ever seen. Do you guys see it that set, way? Set the scene, yeah. St. Denis was basically out on his feet, no stoppage, nothing. For minutes, that, for minutes. Right, in the middle of the second probably, right? Maybe, yeah. I think it was the second. Yep. Anyways, then there's an eye poke against St. Denis, Yep. He St. Denis basically says, I can't see, I can't see. The ref doesn't do really anything about it. He just kind of doesn't says, bring all right, a doctor at all. Doesn't bring a doctor. Nope. And then there's a follow-up eye poke in the third, again against St. Denis. And strike. then he takes away a point. Yes. Oh, was it a groin yes. strike in third or was it another eye Groin poke? strike. Yeah. Last, it was a light groin strike. strike. No warning. Then just randomly takes away a point. I know the broadcast team was mad at, at St. Denis' team because they wanted them to throw the towel in, but they said that got Wilder's team fired when he did it against Fury. And um, the team has since come out and said that um, Saint-Denis has thanked them for not doing it, that yeah. um, and, they're on the same page. But that, that's, just t- that's yeah. to be worked out in their camp. I'm yeah. more concerned with the referee not protecting the fighters to my definition of protecting the fighters. I think they yeah. should have stopped the fight. And, and I'm really that, glad they just... I'm really glad they just did away with it and yanked him off the card mm-hmm. instead of trying to figure. And it's it just, for me, it's so tough because I think being an MMA ref is one of the toughest jobs, but it's like he wasn't intelligently defending himself, but there were moments where you saw life. He was landing good shots. Like I think there needs to be a more clear picture for these refs of like, when it's time because sometimes it shouldn't be when they're just absolutely out. You know what I mean? They Mm -hmm. they should intervene before then, but like, when is that? Because you don't want to take the opportunity away from the fighter, especially because whether it's for a title or for it's for their job and their life and their well being. like you need it. These fights are more than just entertainment for these fighters. So I think it's just, again, and up along the theme that we keep talking about where they're, they need to mend that gray area a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. That was just a big storyline that got out all in all phenomenal card top to bottom. A lot of the pro I think favorites went 13 fight or 14 fights on the card. Favorites went 12 and two. The only two were Glover and Ole Ziacek, uh at a really slight dog. So a lot of parlays. If you left the Blahovich fight out, were green, 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 green. A lot of favorites hit. Phenomenal card, up and down, and a lot of title pictures took fold here, which is awesome. Okay, and another green fight night, fight morning, very green for the ankle pick pod. And yeah, listeners. very green. I know you crushed it, crushed it, and Jan Piotr sent me into Greenland as well, and even Engelai. with the blow, Piotr Jan, twenty-five Piotr and eleven, cha-ching, easy, easy. We're on like a five or six streak in a row. One great card to the next. Yep, that's the plan. 268. So UFC 267. We'll close the book here. UFC 268. We're opening the chapter. Usman Covington 2. Set the spread. Kobe, jump in for me. Thank you, Reese. I you believe know, we're tied, right? Tied and set Correct. the spread. 16 16. 
tragic. Six cards left in 2021. It's a barn burner. To say the least. So we've got UFC 268, Usman Covington 2, main card starting 9 p.m. Central on Saturday, November 6th. It is currently Monday afternoon. Let's jump into the main card. Danny coming off the most recent victory to tie things up. Going to kick things off for us with the first fight of the main card, bantamweight bout, Frankie Edgar and Cheeto Vera. All right, Frankie Edgar coming off of brutal flying knee knockout courtesy of Corey Sanhagen. We saw him throw a couple of those against Piotr last week. Um, and then before that, a controversial split decision, Pedro Munoz, that I disagree with. I thought Pedro won that fight. And, it, and if you look at it like how I'm seeing it, that's the legend, the Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, I guess, Frankie Edgar, kind of cruising into this with a four-fight losing streak. Cheeto had a lot of hype after he took out Sean O'Malley, albeit with the uh, it being – a leg nerve kind of thing. I still think that Cheeto would have ended up winning that fight kind of wherever that would have gone. And uh, since then dropped one to Jose Aldo and won a pretty decisive one over Davey Grant. I'm going to have Cheeto being the favorite here, um, picking up back up his momentum kind of where he dropped it. Obviously not the same kind of momentum going into that Jose Aldo fight at even money because that was a little bit just too much too soon. But I do think he's going to be a pretty decisive favorite against a, a guy in Frankie Edgar who's 40 years old and, and has shown to be really chinny. Um, I'm going to go with Cheeto Vera minus 220. Yeah, that's a good line. I mean, 40 years old, and I think that the, the Frankie Edgar effect has lessened because of the Flash knockout to Korean Zombie at 45. The move down to 35. Flash knockout by Corey Standhagen, which, mind you, everyone has just been bombarded with because of the promotion for last week's fight. I like Cheeto as well. I, I think I'm going to go over your 220. And ooh, 220 is such a good line. You might have drilled it. I'm just going to go 230 because... There's no way there's a three in front of it. And I think Frankie might have steamed this line down just because who Frankie is and the type of gamer he is. But I'll, I'll lock in 230. One sixty-five. Cheetah. What Whoa. the really interesting. Opened okay. at two hundred. It's actually come back Frankie's way. Yeah, I see. I, I expected to come back Frankie Way. I just thought it'd be a little bit higher than 220 at open because, hmm. like we said, 40 year old Frankie. It actually got all the way down to about 140 and then it's come back up to 65. Nice. So, point DK, the first Poha. DK lead of the set relax. spread oh, season. Relax, 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 <laughs> relax on that. It's not over till it's not a lead until the show is over. I'm, Second I'm fight of the main card. Featherweight bout, Shane Burgos and Billy Q, Billy Quarantillo. Reese, go for it. Okay, this one I, I expect Dan and I to be sn all over. I mean, we we're all, we love Burgos. We've picked a lot of Burgos's lines, and then Billy Q as well we're beyond familiar with. There's a clear skill advantage, in my opinion. Um, clear. And if Billy Q wants to keep this as a standing and banging fight, which obviously plays into Burgos's hand, he's going to fall pretty easily. Burgos is a phenomenal striker, hits hard in his game as they come. Burgos is going to be favored. It's it's not up for debate. The question is how high. And 
pretty confident there's going to be a two in front of it. Um, I mean, I think Billy's on quite the win streak. I know Shane just had that scary knockout against Edson where it was like delayed. I've never seen that before. But I mean, Billy Q's dropping fights to Gavin Tucker, who's phenomenal, but he's beating the Spike Carlisles. So it's like you got to. This is going to be a big step up for him in competition, like in the Gavin Tucker range. I like Shane Burgos here. I think I'm probably going to bet Shane Burgos depending on the line, but I'm going to go Shane Burgos minus two ten. Let's go two ten, just a smidge over two hundred. I feel that one right there. That puts me in a spot. I like that line a lot. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Burgos is a guy that, although he's on this, what is it, two fight losing streak. Those are banger fights, and he and he was kind of styling out Edson until that right hook landed right. pretty weirdly, and the Josh Emmett fight was interesting. And and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, did he tear his knee up in that first minute, or did Josh Emmett tear his knee up in that first minute of the of that? Burgos. One of them was injured. Yeah, one of them. I don't really remember. I think it was Emmett, just because we haven't seen him in so long. But who knows? Burgos is like a fucking. He, the guy doesn't go. He doesn't fade. Uh, I'm trying to stall a little bit here. Try, I'm still debating on whether or not I'm going to go slightly over or slightly under you because I do love your line. Um, like you said, Billy Q's is going to have a huge step up in competition here. That loss to Gavin Tucker is still not even the same kind of talent that Shane Burgos is. Um, but he was a pretty decent favorite, I think, in that one. I'm going to go over you. Just because I still think that Burgos, I, I don't think people are suspect about Burgos's chin um, just yet. Edson Barbosa is still one of the best strikers of all fucking time. Yeah, fact. I'll go minus 230. Okay. So we're very similar to last line. You were 220. I was 230. I'm 210. You're 230. And this one's also got a one in front of it. Burgos wow. 190. Wow. What is it? That'll be fun to place. 190. I might place that after the show, to be honest with you. I don't and think it, about, it opened at 70. I would be shocked if that closes with the one in front of it. Just being completely well. honest. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I, I think regardless of the outcome of the fight, if you place that while you're listening to it at 190, you'll have closing line value on it. You, you'll, you'll almost guarantee that. Can't hate that. Third fight of the main card, and this is where it really gets fun. Also, Poha for the point. Sorry, don't want to brush over that. It's the lead. Danny got a lead. I'm, I'm here. I'm fighting. <laughs> I'm fighting. Like I said, this is where it really gets fun. We've got a lightweight bout that's got, you know, next in line written all over it for that lightweight strap. Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. DK, you're trying to lead things off. So this is Gaethje's return to the octagon um, since that Khabib loss, since Khabib's retirement fight. A fight where, I mean, granted, when everyone reaches the top of the mountain, reaches the Khabib fight, their hype is at, at their very highest. But that was the case for Gaethje as well. And so we've got a guy who's not been in the octagon for over a year. He's been in the gym training. Team Elevation has been damn busy. I mean, we're talking Sanhagen last week, Thug Rose tonight, Kamaru tonight, Gaethje tonight. Do not envy Trevor Whitman or his family. They probably haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> Um, but I, I have to, I have to assume that he's been working fucking hard because just hearing from like interviews, with like teammates of his, like Drew Dober and, and, and talking to him after that could be boss. He took it really hard and me, he, 
it, it hurt his ego that he got dominated in that fashion and that he thought he was going to perform a much better and much um, more even fight. I'm going to have him favored here. Yeah. If you can't tell, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I'm also a fan of Michael Chandler. I mean, I love, what is it, Sanford MMA and, and everything they're doing over there. But the main thing for me is it, he's, he's proven to me in that Charles Oliveira back and forth two-round fight that his chin is still a huge question mark. And I don't think that that's going anywhere against so one of the guys that I think hits maybe the hardest at 155. That's up for debate, but certainly Justin Gaethje's in that debate. So I'm going to have Justin Gaethje as a favorite, and I'm going to put it at minus 180. Wow. A little nervous. I, I don't even like Chandler that much, like as in like I don't think he's ever – I don't think – I think he got the title shot too soon. Um, But 180 makes me a little nervous. I had it lower mainly because I think people – have a lot of hype around Chandler and I, I don't with Gaethje. It's like, you look at this fight and you go, okay, well, Gaethje has a striking advantage, right? But people don't really realize that Gaethje is a phenomenal wrestler. I mean, he has a really good wrestling foundation. Chandler, on the other hand, is a guy that everyone's talking about. People really think he had a chance or not only a chance, but like was seconds away from finishing Oliveira for the title fight. I, mean, I know that, that was a 10, eight round to me. 10-8, there you go. And so he clearly can stay in with the best of the best. I think it's going to be closer to even. I, I actually, I have 145 for Gaethje. I really only have 140, but I'm doing the 45 just so we don't tie here. Um, I think it's going to be closer to even. I'm going to go 45 in favor of Gaethje plus 125 for Chandler. And for me right there, I don't even know if I I touched that. I think that's a spot where I at 180, I feel like I almost would be forced to be on Chandler. I think I'm all over Gaethje at 45. Really? Yeah. Might be a little higher then, but I'll I'll lock in 45. And it's gonna be close to though. It's gonna be right around our ranges. Opened end of July. Gaethje minus 140. Sitting Gaethje minus 210. Wow. Wow. Steve, that's a lot of plus one seventy five on Chandler. Holy steam! Holy shit! I did not want to be forced to bet Chandler this week. I was about to say, honestly, Dan, (laughs) honestly, Dan, if that shows anything, it shows that that we were right about the inclinations. That it's not a pause in place just yet. No, but what you were saying can't bring myself to to. what were you were saying about being all over Gaethje at 140? It sounds like a ton of sharp action agrees with you to steam that high being opened at 140. Yeah, Woo. Makes sense. Wow. That's a huge line. That That's going to make it tough to place. That's a big line. I never thought about going over you at 180. Great, great, great line, Dan. Co-main at UFC 268, the first of two title fights for the women's strawweight title. Rose Zhang Weili, two. DK Lee, or I'm sorry, Reese leave things off. Okay, so self-admittedly, I lost the first time around. I, I I bet Wei Lee. I thought it was a great value proposition for Wei Lee. I think she was close around to like minus high 100s. Rose stouched her. Great head kick. Phenomenal. I'm now coming around 
to liking Rose a little more. The question is, though, and there's a question I've been thinking about going into the podcast. Is this one of those weird things where the the challenger who lost the belt is so well-liked or so well-believed in that going into the next fight, it's the line still close to favoring Whaley. We saw it with JJ. JJ was minus like 500 in the first bout against Rose. In the second bout against Rose, she was still minus, even though she's challenging for the belt that she lost. I think it could be similar here. I really do. I just think that Rose's popularity, um, especially in the in the States, but just Rose's popularity is just so high. I mean, everyone, when I said I took Whaley last time, is like, you're an idiot. I'm all over Rose. You're stupid. And I was stupid. Not going to be stupid this time. Rose minus 140. If it's any higher, I will be on Whaley instantly. If it's any lower, as in Whaley being the favorite, I feel like I'd have to be on Rose regardless of what I think the outcome is going to be. So Rose minus 140, I feel pretty good at. I don't know where you... I, I At 140, it's going to be tough for Dan because I don't know where you go. You you got to pick a side, and, and either way is just tough. No, you're you're all over it. Um, I echo absolutely everything you said right down to Rose's recent uptick in popularity. I think it keys right in with Kamaru and Gaethje and Trevor Whitman and that whole team elevation getting popular, and, and it's Rose is the female face of that, and she deserves it. I mean, fucking champion right now. She did come into that Rose nominee unit or whatever, that Whaley Zhang one fight with, uh, I think, like plus 185. I think it was over minus 200 for Whaley. Yeah, I, I believe so. And I got played, too, because I, I took it. I won't even lie. I was all over it. And I think I was as well. And I'm nervous about this line because, like you said, there's just not a whole lot of places to go. I have to have Rose as the favorite. I have to assume that. Like you said, if it's above like that 140, 150, there's so much value on Wei Li. And I, I cannot be the only person thinking that, though. So I think I'm going to go prices right. You, I think I'm going to under you prices right. 135. Okay. I just hope it's closer to even, but. I, I respect your gamemanship. I already feel like I went over now. Once you said 135, I already feel my heart sink. I'm like, fuck, I mucked it. All right, so 261 back in April, Jean was minus 200 when we recorded. Reese took the point, he hit it on the number. Danny had Jean Whaley minus 170, so he went under there and lost. Jean is actually still your favorite right now, minus 115, minus wow. 105, going Rose's way. So DK is taking the point and the game and the first lead. Ho-ha to that. I might pause and place Rose. Oh, fuck me, dude. Interesting line. You called it. Reese, you should have trusted your own gut. It was the Joanna thing right off the bat. I know. I just didn't think. I ah. thought the popularity that Rose has would trump whatever the fuck I was feeling. Me too. I mean, I've been chewing my fucking ass off about team Man. elevation all night, and it'll all only right. continue throughout this week. It's fucking just engaged in Kamaru Usman fight week. Quickly, quickly, Kobe, can we do an honorable uh-huh. mention? Um, yeah. I really want to try to set this Alex Pereira line. Just such a unique re- fight. Kobe Oh, okay. We're not moving on just yet. We're still going to talk through this welterweight strap. 
Kamaru and Colby too. Oh yeah, Duh. I guess Dan lead things off. I'm really confident us. on this line too. By the way, um, just because I've been talking to Kobe about it while we've been watching 267 all weekend, and and the reason we've been talking about it is because listeners will know Kobe. Kobe hates Colby. Um, hate Colby. He he fucking hates Colby, and for good reason. Colby's a little prick, but Colby's also <laughs> fucking damn good fighter. Fucking yeah, damn damn good. Yeah. And I've been talking about how I think that this is going to be just the biggest value spot for him in his career. And that's, that's me respecting Kamaru a ton too. And, and, and I do think that he's probably improved his striking a ton since then. I mean, we've seen it. Yeah. We've, it's not a probably at this point we've seen it. And that first fight obviously was an even striking match with Kamaru pulling, a, pulling ahead and breaking his jaw and getting the finish at the end. So not even just pulling ahead, but I do think that he's going to be, sitting at like a minus 300 or minus like 280 favorite for this. Um, I'm going to go with the 280. And I think that there's going to be plus two something or at the very, very least, like a plus 195, 200 on Colby. And there's just going to be too much value to pass up for me there. No, I agree. Every Literally everything you say down to a T, whatever this line is, it's going to be too far in favor of Usman. And that's coming from- And it's going to be the first time either of us have ever- I, I bet against Usman with Gilbert Burns, but that's a poha bet. That's a poha bet. Don't even look look into that. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't see myself betting this one. I almost think it's going to be impossible because I I like Usman too much and he's too dominant. But Colby's just going to frankly have way too much value. I, I I'm going to go 300 for Usman. I think you touched it when you first said it. and You went back to 280 because me and you are both on the same page. Whatever it is, it's going to be way too much in favor of Col- Colby's going to be way too underdog. You don't so think just, this is going to be like a uh, Piotr Jan Sandhagen situation where Colby's like the most attractive contender that's existing right now. And so it's going to be like a end up being value on Kamaru at minus 210. No, I, I'm, I, I'm not changing anything. I'm, no, I'm I know. And the reason why, the reason yeah. why is because A, if it's minus 210, I'm yeah, instantly placing. Yeah. But B, because we've seen this fight before. That's the only right. reason why. And and I don't think people truly really realize how close that first fight was. I know whenever people talk about it, there's a oh, Kamar finished him and smacked him, but like it was really close. I mean, if it goes to the cards, you're looking at a potential. I think I had Colby winning one, three, and four. I think a lot of people did. And so I I I, I think because it's happened before, it's different than the, the Jan Sandhagen. And I, I really think Kamaru's gonna be have a three. And I think it's crazy. I think it's egregious. I just think that's where, where we're at right now in Kamaru's career. So fitting that we don't need this one because this is a push. Minus 290 Usman. Wow. <laughs> Thank God we didn't <laughs> need this one. Yeah. Congrats, Dan. Tragic. Oh-ha. Tragic. So, Reese, let, let, let's, let's get a little bonus coverage here. What's your Alex Cajeta line? And, it's and gonna to be the- preface it, because Kobe yeah. ruined it for me, and I'll admit and I'll – play my entire hand look like an idiot uh even though i know where the number uh i actually you go ahead because i don't want to say anymore because uh, now my I'm guess is this. my hand. guess is this <laughs> although i don't believe it should be the case i think prayer is going to be a huge favorite i think once people start realizing that he knocked out izzy this line's going to just continue to go up i think there's a two in front of it believe it or not i'm going to go like alex prayer minus like 230 i would have said Nicolaitis is the favorite just right? with my with, no, I, just with my right. I mean, we, we are coming off of a Clarissa Shields getting dominated by a nobody right. who just literally had an extra what five years of MMA training. 
Not to no, also no play way. my hand for the yeah. main show. I'm probably going to be on a uh, Pereira by knockout, but okay. that man has different fucking power. But right. <laughs> right. but I think I think you're a lot closer to what Kobe said the line actually was. What is it, Cobes? Two forty-five. Yeah, I just, I, Danny, I agree with you. I almost think it's going to be impossible for me to lay Pereira there. I just thought with all the hype, I mean, and it might just be because we're too close to it. We've been talking about it forever, like before he even was doing mixed martial arts. Um, but it's it's just it's one of those that I feel like people are going to be excited to bet this guy. Yeah, I'm excited to fucking watch him fight. Yeah, I mean. Too. There's different levels of fucking power, and it's no, Alex Pereira. It's, yeah, it's... no, absolutely. And just to clarify, this is the prelim main event: Alex Pereira, Andreas Pilatus. So yeah, tune and into that should, one. And it's going to be a big, just absolute hype show for for Pereira. It's going to be they're going to talk about it. they they're going to talk about how he knocked out the champ and how he's going to how he knocked out Justin Dustin Jacoby, who's probably going to have a nice knockout of his own on the prelims. Yeah. Oh, Dustin Jacoby's on this prelim card. Yeah, against John Allen. Didn't even see. Oh, you're right. That's gonna that's gonna be an exciting one. I think too. he's taking it on short notice too. Yeah, we're or also Alexa you're Kamer. also you're gonna be in store quickly for the worst fight of all time. John Jan Vellante versus Chris Barnett. <laughs> it's literally two guys who literally don't know how to diet plan or exercise, scrapping it out for a minute thirty seconds until one of them folds. So Wait, is Chris Barnett week. is Chris Barnett? Yeah, the, the super um, heavy. This yeah, the super yeah, that's that Chris we, Barnett. We put yeah. the house on Ben Rothwell against. Yeah, that that that's Chris Barnett, and he's <laughs> he's he's facing Jan Vellante, who's a guy who oh no, it, yeah, is just a Michelin man of. Am a I gonna have to bet Jan Vellante? <laughs> Honestly, probably. I don't know. If How are they giving Chris Barnett? Jan Vellante's favored minus one fifteen. They're giving him an extra fight because he's just such a spectacle. I mean, it's impossible to not laugh. Chris Barnett had his hands on his knees it's like against Hasbro. Ben Rothwell. I know. It's crazy. It's More to anti- come later this week. It's the anti-Hasbula. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's close it up with that. DK. All right. Yeah, first DK league won. of the 2021 season, 17-16, five to play. Thanks to I- Believe Podcast Network on our way out. Hosting yeah. us as always. Big thanks. They rock. Big thanks to Bleed Podcast Network. I mean, this one was written in the stars, though. Did y'all not watch last week? It's a guy who works hard, dedicates his whole life to this, finally climbing to the top of that mountain. This one goes out to you, my boy Glover Teixeira. Poha! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.